What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Run Your Mouth Podcast. Feels like it's been forever since I've been able to brief you guys from home, and I wasn't even planning on briefing this week. I really wasn't. I've been working hard on the smokeout bug out, which, by the way, people of Colorado, you're crazy if you don't come out for this show. I mean, this Saturday night, firstly, uh, it's the end of the tour, so now my comedy is actually pretty polished. I mean, there are a lot of audiences that sat there, and they're like, I don't know where he's going with this, and that's my crowd. It's one thing when you get up in New York City and they don't like you. It's another thing when people showed up and they're like, Hey, you should have worked on this before you got here. But you're like, hey, this is what I got. It's porch tour. That's the way this works now. I can't tell these Corona jokes anywhere else. So I'm going to have to experiment on somebody. And I'm sorry that it was you tonight. But anyways, now it's all polished. So you get a full 45 minutes of me doing stand-up. Fucking polished somewhat. Not totally. But it's almost there. I mean, it's going to be there enough because I'm going to be filming it. And then that's the end of that. Uh, then you also get a full concert from the Shedcast Boys. And then you get uh, um, the Smoke Out Bug Out, which people like. And it's only like 20 bucks. So you're fucking crazy if you don't show up for this thing. Not to mention you can bring your own food. You can bring your own cooler with beers. Uh, you can bring whatever fucking drugs you want to do. You want to go pass out in uh, the forest. You can do that. You can pee in the woods. What other, other comedy show do you get to go to? Where you just get to fucking take a piss in the woods. That's a good time too. We could even maybe do a piss streaming competition. See who drinks the most water and has the clearest piss onto a tree. You know, I know that those uh, forests out in uh, in Colorado get kind of dry. So we could we, we can make Smokey the Bear proud while celebrating porches, doing a smoke out, bug out, and a live run your mouth podcast. That's a pretty good time. All in all, last date of summer porch store. Sure the hell up or get in your fucking car and drive. Come come fucking hang out. Also, if you got sheaths, wear it. Robert from Sheath is going to be there. So I would love it if, you know, everyone should just, uh, like, it, Robert will be okay with it. Uh, you can show him your bulge. Like, in normal circumstances, don't get too used to that. Don't be showing up on a date and be like, hey, I'm sorry. I know it was inappropriate. I shouldn't have just taken off my pants and showed you my bulge. I was on this thing. It was called Porch Tour, and it was encouraged to be shown off your bulge. Like, I forgot that that's not normal etiquette. You know, that's what happens to these Weinsteins and people is that they got these women, and they're just coming along, and they're going, I'd really like to suck your dick to be in this movie. And then all of a sudden, you think it's normal, and then you pull it out, and you've already took, put a shot into it, so it's all erect, and you're like, wait, you don't want a part in the movie? And they're like, well, I wanted the part, but I I didn't want to have to do this. And you almost forgot in your head. You're like, well, that's not the way it works. And then you got to jerk off to a plant. So you don't want that to happen to you. But for the sake of summer porch store, you know, put on your sheets, show up, drop, drop it down and go, yo, Robert, check out my sheath bulge. And if you don't have any sheets, there's probably still some time to get some before the show. Uh, you go to sheathunderwear.com, you use promo code RYM and you get yourself 20% off on a pair of sheath underwear. That's a pretty good deal. All right. Uh, for those listening to the episode, this is going to be a double episode because I did a uh, live episode uh, from Jeff Douglas's house, along with Mike Heiss and BK Chris. Total update on everything me caught going on for longtime followers of the show. We've been doing that every single summer. So that's going to be in the second half of the episode. For those of you watching me live, uh, I'll get that up as soon as I can edit it. So audio going to be one thing. Video, two separate things. All right, it's too many instructions. Let's just let's get into some news topics here, you know, because things are going on. I didn't even want to brief. I want it to be off. I wanted to just uh, get myself ready for uh, for the live, uh, you know, Denver one. I, I'm, I'm over here. I'm taking care of logistics. I'm trying to get new film equipment, trying to work with the camera guys, camera operators. You know, I'm trying to get a crane guy who's going to be up in a tree. There, there's big things going on for some report store. Gonna, all right. So anyways, let's get into some news topics. So let's start with what's my first topic of the day. Fauci plans to step down in December after a half a century in government. He figured, you know what? It's enough time. Now let's uh, let's go check, you know, let's go 
print these Pfizer checks. You know, when you're there, you can't get all your royalties, but then you can leave and, uh, you know, you can get your book deals and get your consulting jobs. Hell, you can go work directly for Bill Gates because sometimes you're the government, you know, you got to like secretly take his calls and then have the emails leaked and then pretend like you didn't write that, even though it was in your email. Uh, so, you know, who knows what he's going to do next? Cause you can bet he said he's not retiring and with his skill set of lying to the general public. I mean, think of the profits that are still on the table for Fauci. Fauci's not just going to retire. I mean, this might be the greatest liar and salesperson on behalf of big farm in human history. You think that guy's just going to step into the sunlight and call it a sunset and call it a fucking day? Hell no. This guy's got a lifetime of lying to skills, not to mention just the access to government, you know, when you like, cause, uh, then you can just call up like the FDA and be like, hey, what's the deal with uh, with getting this thing approved? And then they'll actually respond to your call. So even just the access alone makes you a valuable player. And then, all, of course, he's going to have all of his uh, his money coming in from the from the government pension funds. Uh, and then I guess there'll probably be less of an incentive to actually investigate this guy, which that's what they fucking need to do. We need whatever they did with the Mueller thing, whatever the fuck they did with January 6th. We need a full investigation. And it's not just into the outbreak. You know what I mean? Like that. We don't just need an investigation into whether or not he lied about the Wuhan lab stuff, which we know he did. We know he went over there and he bought himself a virus and then maybe it leaked or whatever. Uh, you know, so that's one part that he lied about. And we know from every single video that we've seen of him sparring with Rand Paul that throughout this entire th time he's been going ahead and he's been lying. Uh, we know that he made a mistake when it came to the lockdowns. We know that this guy has made mistakes, but that is less interesting than were they manipulating the data. I mean, we need a full-scale investigation. Was he shilling for Big Pharma? Was he? Did he have direct communications with Pfizer that we don't know about? Does he have an interest from Moderna that he's being paid out on this stuff? When he leaves, I mean, are, is the general public going to be fucking furious if there's the revolving door of politics and he literally just leaves to go work for Bill Gates, Pfizer, or one of these other companies? I hope people are outraged about that. But I do think that there should be the most intensive investigation that's ever been conducted in human history. Forget January 6th, forget what happened with Mueller. And by the way, if he turns out to be innocent, God bless. I'll say, I'll say it right here. I'll go, man, I was wrong the entire time. And I guess the conversation that we now need to have is not about evil manipulative liars in government, but how we can do a better job of not making incompetent decisions, which would be a different conversation. And so the investigation would be worthwhile just so that we can know whether or not to have a conversation about government incompetence or government uh, being ridiculously evil. But let's find out, you know, what what conversations was he really having? What was his understanding of how these vaccines worked? Why were they manipulating data in terms of like breakthrough infections and the utility of all of this stuff? Let's get into the weeds. All right. But then I love this. This was from the Washington Post. Here's the direct quote of, of Fauci stepping down. I love everything about this place. But even with that, I said, I'm going to have to leave some time uh, to have to leave some time. Fauci said, I don't want to be here so long that I get to the point where I lose a step. I mean, how great is this guy that he's going out like a like an undefeated pro athlete where he's like, I've just had such a good career. I better call it a quits while I'm still ahead. You know, you like how many it's the most incredible thing in the world where it's like he's had a two years of complete and total failure. None of his ideas worked. He preached this lockdown thing that didn't work. He got everyone to take vaccines that didn't work. He, you know, wasn't doing fucking mandates that didn't work. It was nothing but didn't work. And he still just talks like he just won the Oscar. Like, I'd like to thank my mother for making me really smart. That was good because now I'm really smart. 
And I'd like to thank the uh, the pharmaceutical companies for all the money they gave me to push the vaccine. And I just I'd like to I'd like to thank everybody for uh, for listening to me for all the time that they did. That was good because I got to be on the news a bunch. And uh, you know I look forward to my team, my team, the NID. The uh, they they were very supportive. They paid me nine hundred thousand dollars a year. That was a good salary. So the, you know they were very supportive. Uh, all right. <laughs> the other thing that I'm loving is uh, they keep talking in their investigations. The investigation isn't about hey, why does government have this much authority? And by when I say gov- investigations, I more just mean the conversations. The conversation to be had is about why does government have this much authority? Why do they engage in tech censorship? Who has the better track record of being right? People like Alex Berenson or the CDC. Why was the CDC not making this information available, saying that, hey, let's not listen to these people who are doing the great uh, Barrington Declaration, they're going to kill everybody, and then finding out at a later point in time that the people who made the great Barrington Declaration were actually right, and then saying, hey, we actually just need more funding, and no, we're not going to release all the data sets. Like, in other words, the problem that we have here is with government power and authority. But now, instead of looking into that, you know what the conversation keeps being? That they've eroded public trust. Now, it's just, it's what's odd about that is that the public trust in government is not really an us issue, right? The public trust in government is the people working in government going, hey, I'm a little concerned about my job right now because you're making it very clear that we're all incompetent. I mean, for our entire careers, we've been really incompetent, but we've done a much better job of like hiding our track records of being incompetent and profiting off our decisions. So when you just go out there and you fuck up this royally, uh, you know, you're you're like, in other words, public trust is not the problem here. Like, but if anything, public trust is the benefit that people are going to start seeing through the racket. And then maybe we'll actually defund some of these organizations and restore some freedom. And then people can start making their own decisions, which uh, after two years of basically mandates or whatever, that's now the new policy. Hey, we'll uh, we'll let you make your own decisions. You know, you could have done that two fucking years ago. But I love that, like, their new thing now is that, like, the biggest problem is that you're a road. No, that's not the, the problem isn't the public trust. The problem is the power that you guys have. Like, in other words, like, you just want to restore public trust that you can continue to make these mistakes, like, or so that you can continue to remain in power. That doesn't really, like, in other words, like, as far as they're concerned, government could have made more errors, but if the American public was so stupid that we weren't concerned with the errors, we can continue to make errors. The errors isn't the concern. The public trust to them is the concern. You see the distinction? All right, let's take a couple comments, and then we could uh, move into the next uh, next topics. All right, man, people are fucking hanging out for a live show. So Fauci considers himself so, so vital to the pandemic, would he not stay in his position as to not deal with the next one? You would you would think so. Dingus Khan, Fauci is preparing for the next chapter in life. I think he's ready for films. Um, R.A.P. Science. Um, there you go. Dr. Metal Blood is coming through $60 kilos. Fuck yeah. There you go. There you go. Dr. Metal Blood gets it. And if you don't know what he's talking about, it's another than my bad. YoKratom.com, home of the $60 kilo, the only place where you're going to find full kilos of Kratom for $60. And this is high quality stuff. You're not going to find better quality Kratom nowhere. And you're certainly not going to find it for kilos. And with everything that's going on in the world, you might as well build yourself a fort of kilos so that if you haven't stocked up on food, you got something to trade when the world goes to shit. All right. What other topics do we got? Because I got some other ones here. It's going to be a shorter episode, but we got some stuff going on. All right. This is from Yahoo News. Let's give it a read. 
Fauci also took issue with the conservative opinion writer Gauss, uh, grossing, grousing, I don't know what that word is, that is massive, $400,000. By the way, this is the wrong angle for this because then everyone's just looking right at my nose. You know, I, I need like, uh, I got to get the, the this stuff straight. You know, all right. Anyways, let's continue. Uh, Fauci also took issue with the conservative opinion writer grousing that is massive. 400,000 yearly pension should also offend the sensibilities of America's wondering where the author got that figure. I mean, would you please call him up and tell me where they got that number? Fauci asked Cavuto, adding that he'd be very surprised if his annual pension was that high. That's how rich Pe Fauci is. He doesn't even know what his pension is. He's not even concerned. Whatever the pension is, what does it matter? He's like, do you know the paycheck I got coming from Bill Gates? You think I care about whether or not I got a $400,000 pension? And by the way, that's such bullshit. I don't even know what my pension is. Is that what it is? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a god when it comes to science stuff. But what I'm making, I, I wouldn't even know. I, I'll have to, you know, yeah, bullshit. All right, and then let's give this a watch. Ah, fuck, it's formatting my video, you motherfucker, you. Um, all right, well, basically, he was on Cavuto, and they asked him about, uh, you know, stuff, if he regrets any of it. And they gave him the out. They're like, do you think that we should have been as... Uh, as aggressive with the lockdowns. They didn't say, did you regret the lockdowns? They even gave him that kicker of, could we have been less aggressive in it? And then of course, yeah, I never recommend, I wouldn't recommend, I'm doing him as Rocky at this point. I wouldn't recommend uh, a lockdown. I, I wouldn't do that. That's not me. I would never, I would never. And then uh, someone put together the video of every single time he was going, we need a lockdown. We need a lockdown quicker. Everyone's got a lockdown. Everyone's got to stay down. If you're locked down within your house, you better put your handcuffs down. You better have someone tie you down. Everyone's got to be down. All right. Next topic. Um, this was from Politico. Headline, Trump White House exerted pressure on FDA for COVID-19 emergency youth authorization. House report fine. So I'm, re I'm reading this article and it's one of two takeaways. The first takeaway is Politico is going, all right, well, what Trump did was reckless because getting this vaccine out after the election, that was enough time for them to do it safely. But him pushing for it to be done prior to the election um, was flagrantly irresponsible because that very <laughs> that very minuscule difference of, I guess, 30 days was all the difference in them being able to safely do a rush job on putting something out. So in other words, after Trump left office, everybody's in the clear. This was not a rush job. This was not a trial run. This wasn't an untested product. This was the best idea anybody's ever had. But prior to those 30 days, the fact that anyone would think of putting this on the market is just showcasing the fact that this guy was playing politics and being reckless with everybody's lives. 30 days later, completely safe. Trust the science. Don't ask any questions. Everybody's got to take this. You don't have this. You can't show up to work. 30 days earlier. Oh my God, this thing's reckless. You can't put this into people. I'm just, I'm going to put this out there. You know, since Alex Jones uh, clearly makes so much money with conspiracies, I'll throw you guys with the conspiracy. I feel like the, the wheel might be turning here. And I'm, I'm maybe I'm just being hopeful. Maybe I'm being naive and hopeful that some sort of really good bombshell is coming and they're stopping to be able to control the information. And we're going to see something that's so clear as day that people are going to be pissed about these fucking vaccines. And so now they're trying to get ahead of the story and go, hey, it wasn't us, the Democrats, uh, who really pushed the lockdowns, who really pushed the COVID fear mongering. Now, Trump folded. But I think Trump's uh, intuition at the beginning of this thing was, hey, let's live our lives. And then people were yelling so much bloody murder of, hey, everyone's going to die that, you know, even the people that were better about this. 
uh, even they kind of seem to have been forced to go along. I don't know. We all kind of lost our fucking minds. And for a little bit, it was fun. And then it just became too much. But anyways, back to what I was trying to say. You know, this is my first broadcast back here in a while. Let's not be too ADD. Let's stay on fucking topic. I don't even remember what I was talking about. All right, all right. Trump White House exerted pressure. So now they're trying to. Um, all right. I'm wondering if we're actually going to get some juicy bombshell stories. And so people like Fauci are getting ahead of this thing. They're stepping down now. And if they're going to start trying to pin this thing back on Trump to go, well, he's he's really the one that authorized it. I actually thought for a while that maybe the um, vaccine was going to be the thing to undo Trump because we've seen him in rallies when he tried taking credit for it. And uh, the crowds didn't see to be too into it. I do think that that was not necessarily one of the victories. Um, You know, it's not like that wall that he got built for everybody. All right. What else we got? I got a couple more news stories coming at you. Here we go. The Biden administration student loan debt plan. So they get a nice tweet out there. Everyone's curious to know, am I going to have to pay off my student loans? Am I going to be helped out? What's going on here? So here we go. Forgiving debt. $20,000 if you went to college on Pell Grants. $10,000 if you didn't receive Pell Grants. Forgiveness only applies to those earning less than $125,000 a year. Student loan pause extended one final time through December 31st, 2022. Now, here's what's incredible to me. When they're bribing you, look how easy they make this information to understand. Like when it comes to your taxes and what you owe them, like, I mean, that shit becomes fucking confusing. Or more often than not, even when they're making rules, like the, the, I go to the airport, they tell me that they got these signs where I'm going to need a real ID. And then I show up with all the paperwork and the lady tells me I'm not going to need it for three years. And then she talks me out of getting it done then. And then I lost all the paperwork. And in about six months when they actually go to the real ID, I'm not going to be able to fly anymore. But that's like I said, we're not doing the ADD thing. We're trying to stay focused. We're trying to stay in the lane. We're trying to be more professional here. We're broadcasting from home. After all, this isn't the away game where you got tech problems. You got buzzing microphones. I should be able to stay focused like fucking lightning. Is that well, lightning is not even that direct. That wasn't a great example. Anyways, what I was trying to say, isn't this incredible how 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 well government sometimes can just give you guys simple information and uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm furious about this because, uh, well, I don't have student debt. This doesn't help me. Uh, plain and simple, not only does it not help me, but now all of a sudden, all these kids that went to summer camp got themselves degrees and stupid horseshit, you know, uh, on, on media studies and, and, and gender reveal studies and, uh, and sociology and like whatever the fuck these other kids studied and partied and got laid and was doing all these drugs. I was showing up every day, miserable, hated the thing, uh, went to a community college, wasn't fun. And now all of a sudden I got to compete with these exact same people for pussy and, and housing. I don't want to compete. Like you guys had your moment. You enjoyed yourselves. You did it. And now like I actually can save up, you know, I can own these nice studios. I'm finally competitive in the pussy market. And all of a sudden these people just get to step right back in. They don't have to be depressed about the fact that they have loans that they can't pay off that they got like, and, and then how, how's this going to help inflation? How's this going to help inflation when all of a sudden people like, so in other words, great, you're going to steal more of my wealth to cover these other people, uh, fun that enjoy themselves in the past. It's a blatant bribe. And uh, I hope everyone's outraged about this. Like, you know, you just get to like decide. And then what about all the people that aren't making money now because they didn't go to college? How's that fair to those kids who looked at it and said, I don't really want to be in debt. And now they're not making as much as these people. And some of these people, their income might go up in a couple of years from now. And then also heads should fucking roll for every single person that sold a kid on taking a degree in something that they would never make money in. Uh, that was fraud. And guess what? The government that made the money available to that kid 
for him to go study some fucking nonsense that he was never going to see a return on investment and they were in on the fraud too. So for every single government official that said like that, I, I don't know, we're talking about making college more affordable, the affordability of college, making sure the kids could go to college and every single uh, college that, I mean, every single one of them basically raised their prices, uh, outpacing inflation. You want to know why college costs are up so much? It's because the funds that government made available Right. And by the way, colleges might even just raise their costs even more now. There might now be a perception that like governments, because you think this is the end of government getting rid of debt. Like uh, when do they ever start giving people free shit and then turn off the faucet on that? Is this really going to be a one time payment of ten thousand dollars? Is going to be like the Ukraine war where we're like, it's emergency. We'll get them a billion. And then two weeks later, you're sending another two billion and then you fucking lose count over the entire thing. Um. What else did I got? Yeah, that's I think I had it all on that. All right, let's watch this video. Biden. Um uh, no, why don't you go fix that too? I think you're the president. I mean, you're the president. I agree with you. The fact. Uh, so in other words, you're admitting that we have a system that unfairly favors the elites. Um, so why don't we go fix that? I don't think giving a handout to these people for $10,000 fixes the not fair. So in other words, you're saying that when government favors certain individuals and gives them benefits, it's not fair. That's what you're saying. So why don't we go fix the non-fairness of that? Isn't that in what an incredible answer? And by the way, that means that they actually sat down and thought like, well, how are we going to turn this back around? And he goes, well, is it fair that the that we're doing all this for the what? No, don't do that for the wealthy people. Of course we don't. So you're admitting that you're doing this for the wealthy people? Is that what the Democrats are saying? Hey, the Democrats uh, have policies that favor uh, the elite and the wealthy. Uh, and instead of correcting that, they're going to bribe you uh, and also somehow combat inflation while giving you money to combat the unfairness of the fact that the wealthy see tax breaks that you can't. All right, great work, Biden. Uh, and then this is what I was talking about. Newest headline from Reuters, U.S. to announce $3 billion in new military aid for Ukraine. Uh, yeah, it just becomes like impossible to even uh, like keep track on. Like, how am I even supposed to keep track on how much money we're fucking sending to Ukraine? So, all right, we got the $10,000 now and then, uh, soon enough, no debt. So, you know, everyone go to college and just take on more debt. Go, go party for a little while. You don't even need to finish the degree. Um, and, uh, you're not going to be able to, why save your money? You're not gonna be able to afford a house anyways, because, uh, you know, yeah, they're just going to do whatever they can to reinflate that bubble so the baby boomers don't lose their money on their houses and the people that haven't saved any money are able to, you know, go afford them. All right. I think I got one or two more topics left. Uh, two alleged militia members found guilty of plot to attack a uh, Michigan governor. So this one's scary uh, because other than everything that's happened with uh, COVID, and the way that, uh, you know, a year ago, I was a second class citizen. I wasn't allowed into a business in New York City. And we know how many people got threatened that they would lose their jobs if they weren't vaccinated. Uh, and then we know people that left their jobs because they weren't vaccinated. So yeah, people that like literally had to leave their jobs are people that were forced to do something that they weren't comfortable with in order to remain at work. Uh, and so we've seen a massive ramping up of government being like, yeah, we haven't done our homework. Uh, and 
<laughs> we might be in a place where we have to restructure in a year. Like think about with how adamant they were, like how right they should be a year later to excuse like the, like, you know what I mean? It's like one thing if uh, you almost forcibly check somebody into rehab and then a year later they feel much better and they show up and they go, Oh, thank you. You know what? You actually helped me out here with how forcible government was. You would think that like Corona would be gone and then the MRNA would have turned out to like also cure cancer. Like we would just be in a different place as humanity where everyone's turned around and going, wow, you guys, you know, you were right. Like, I'm sorry that I questioned everything that you were doing. It was good. Like that was the level of confidence that they had that what they were doing was the right approach. That was the first scary thing. The next scary thing that we've seen is that uh, the FBI seems to be pushing for a domestic terrorism title. Uh, and they want to basically people like me should be, as far as they're concerned, people like me should be in jail. We, we can't have people who are on the internet spewing misinformation. Uh, it creates dangerous environments. It either encourages people to do violence, uh, or it encourages people to make unsafe, uh, you know, uh, decisions about their own healthcare because they're getting bad information from people like me. And so they're trying to do everything they can to create their own news about the threat of domestic terrorism. Uh, you know, it's the same thing that happened in Charlottesville. Well, I mean, how many Nazis showed up there? If anything was a proof of the fact that there aren't that many Nazis in the country, but instead it was look at this increasing tide of white nationalists and the threat. Well, all right. We're, we're, so I guess we're, what happens to the increasing tides? We're, we're all these... Uh, where are all these supposed white nationalist Nazis that were going to be taking over the country? I mean, that was your prediction. That's what you guys said was going to happen. Um, so this one's creepy for a lot of reasons. So you've got two people who are now uh, at least convicted. I guess they might be able to do a retrial. I don't, I'm not a lawyer. I don't actually know the way these things work. Uh, but you got two people convicted for the uh, plot to kidnap Governor Whitmer. And now you can go down the Run Your Mouth Ally, uh, uh, I'm sorry, archive, where I first discussed it and it sounded like it was going to be entrapment. Then we had four people that got off for entrapment off the bat. We need cameras in federal court. I mean, this is ridiculous that the just Lane Maxwell stuff and this stuff, uh, you know, it, it are the cases that we can't see. These are like the most important cases where, and by the way, there was just an article about um, today that uh, a uh, police guy said that he faked the stuff for the warrant on that no knock raid that got, was it Beona Taylor? One of those people killed. It's like, We've got a lot of proof of the fact that government will lie to us, that they'll overstep on their power and authority. You know, like the only reason that the guy who killed George Floyd went to jail is because we actually had a camera footage of it. We all also got to watch like the Alex Jones case and then the uh, the case with um, uh, the, the pirates, uh, Johnny Depp. And we all could kind of and also the one with uh, Kyle Rittenhouse. And it was kind of a thrill for all of us because we got to see the way that the court system works. We got to see the way that uh, justice was handed out. And uh, you know what? I guess if a jury of 12 people or nine people, whatever the fuck it is, can make a decision, then all of us watching the footage online, I guess the public perception of the mass market, there, there's some value there of if everyone's going, hey, I think that judge was being corrupt. And I bet that does police a judge. I bet if there's a camera in court, it probably polices the judge a little bit to uh, make sure that they aren't acting in a corrupt way. So off the bat, I don't know what legislation or policy needs to change. The channel will get good ratings. Let's get some key, let's get some uh, some some cameras in federal court. I don't understand why we have it for these other court cases, but we don't have it with the federal cases, which seem to be a lot bigger and more important. Um, now, here's the other part that I don't get is how did the last group of people get off? And I believe it was on the basis of entrapment, but then these people don't. I, firstly, I, I don't understand why the, the why they were being prosecuted in separate trials. I guess maybe these people were considered to be more the leaders of the group. 
But then if the other people were entrapped and and let off for entrapment, which I might not even have that right, but I believe that's why they were let off. Uh, then how is it that these people, what, was it like, in, essentially, these people started it and then the FBI got involved and then the FBI entrapped more people to join the movement that these two people started? It seems unlikely. There seems very strange to me that uh, four people got off and now these two people are getting in trouble. All right, so let's read this for, um, this is from Reuters. This is explaining why these people got in trouble. Uh, in planning for the kidnapping, Fox compiled a list of the tools the conspirators would need, including handcuffs and a hood to cover Whitmer's head. The Detroit News reported the prosecution is saying during the trial. A makeshift house was built to simulate breaking into the governor's vacation home in Northern Mission and abducting her, they alleged. All right, so they were role playing the thing that the FBI thought it would be a good idea to say. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not totally spooked or convinced that these people are terrorists yet. In their closing arguments, attorneys for Croft and Fox told jurors that the government's case was entrapment. They said the clients committed no crimes and they criticized the use of FBI informants in the case. The Detroit News reported the FBI should not exist to make people look like terrorists when they aren't. Joshua Blankard, an attorney from Croft, told jurors. The two are among 13 who were arrested in October 2020 and charged with the state and federal crimes alleging kidnapping conspiracy. Seven of them are facing charges in state court. Oh, so I guess there's still uh, more trials to come. Um, and then this is from the Detroit Free Press. This was from the lawyers who were defending them. The defense raised numerous issues during the trial, creating some tense moments in the courtroom. Defense attorneys accused the judge of favoring the prosecution by repeatedly cutting them off during questioning, calling their arguments crap, and setting time limits only on the defense attorneys, telling them that they could only take as much time to question witnesses as the prosecution. The defense also took issue with the judge handling of a juror who came under investigation for alleged misconduct on the second day of the trial. That juror allegedly told coworkers that his or her mind was made up on the case from the get-go. So this is just the lawyers. I don't know if they're lying or not. Let's get some TV cameras in there. Um, all right. Last topic of today is uh, Apple TV Plus is putting out a show about Hillary Clinton called Gutsy as to why they're putting out a show um, about, you know, her body. I, I That seems not nice. I, I thought we're not supposed to uh, comment on women's bodies. Now you're going to do a show just talking about the way she looks. That doesn't that doesn't. That doesn't seem right to me, but I don't understand liberal politics. You know, I don't understand the way these people work. So um, uh, it seems like this is essentially the newest effort for them to try and make her look like a human being. You know, they, they get these propagandas. What the fuck is going on? In, is Apple Plus some like super uh, liberal leaning service type thing? Or uh, do they somehow still owe Hillary Clinton some payment money for something that they, that she did in the past? Um, but yeah, they're giving her like the, the Fauci Bono treatment. They're going to put her out on the road with all sorts of celebrities who are going to sit there and go, I can't believe I get to sit down with Hillary Clinton. And, uh, I'm excited to see how this rebrand works. I mean, we've seen Hillary Clinton be unlikable in countless different platforms with countless numerous chances, but maybe they finally found the right propagandist that this one's going to look great. Um, which is why porch tour might be over. But I think uh, I might try and do a hate watch party. Maybe I'll get BK Chris on it. We'll do a hate watch party. We'll do it live. We'll watch Gutsy. We'll comment. If you got a house and you want to have us over, you got an Apple Plus subscription, you're in the tri-state area, and you'll put together snacks and bring me and BK Chris snacks and drinks tonight. Maybe we'll do it from you. Maybe we'll do it here. I don't know. That's my episode. Let's check in. We probably got a couple comments here. Uh, once again, thank you, Sheath Underwear, for sponsoring the Run Your Mouth podcast. Use promo code RYM. You're going to get yourself 20% off and uh, bring him. Bring him to bring him to Porch Tour. Denver, show off your sheaths to Robert. Every dude, which is most of the audience, 
Bring your sheets. Show off your sheets. Show off your sheets evening. Um, E-Common Sins. They can't appeal. These are two of the four that were in the hung jury. Two were exonerated. These two just found guilty. Okay, the road to Providence. Jose Gallison could hook you up with one of the guys who got off. He had him on a show. Oh, I would love that. I should hit up Jose. I would, uh, I'd be very interested in that conversation. The road to Providence, the judge didn't allow them to enter the text messages from FBI agents. Same people, two were left off to entrapment. These two did not. Doesn't make a ton of sense. You think she eats babies? Um, probably not on the show. I mean, maybe maybe in her real life, but I'm going to assume on the show she does not. That is our episode. Yo, Cranum, home of the $60 kilo. Come out. Summer Porch Store. It's going to be this weekend. It's the last show of Summer Porch Store. It's in Denver by Forest Mommy's house. Go uh, follow her new Twitter account because, uh, you know, they keep, they keep coming after her. And uh, occasionally you get, like, uh, sexy photos. That's a good time. Go follow her. Uh, and I think that's all that we have to say. All right. Thanks everyone. Have a good episode or this was, uh, I don't know. Bye. <laughs> what is up everybody? Welcome to the live run your mouth podcast here from, I think Reading PA. Cause I got it. I had gotten it wrong. No, you guys, right. you got to talk, you got to talk into your mics. No, it's, it's, it's reading. It's, it's definitely it's reading. reading. Is it Reading? It's definitely Reading. I feel like my whole life when I played Monopoly, I called it reading railroad. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the rainbow. It's, it's been reading. reading. <laughs> it has been. Yeah, that's where my autism comes in, is that like once I think something the first time, I'm just stuck on it. Like I can't make the adjustments. I, I actually I think people showed up to North Reading tonight. <laughs> uh, you, North Reading? Is okay. that where we are? No, we're in I think it's Reading. Like, no, no, we're in Reading. Reading. All right, you know, we don't have to debate this. You do have to eat that mic though. You want to talk a little bit more into that mic? It is an honor. To be back with, uh, what, I got to make the, the whole thing louder here? Oh, just my mic? Sorry, okay. I'm, I'm loud to begin with. It's is all that, right. Is that loud enough? No, no, you're perfect. Well, we'll is that get, good? We'll get these levels good as we go. Um, there? All right. So it is an honor to be back. This is our third annual Meekawk update with the High Council getting together to let everyone know what's been going on. So for people that might be not newer, they know I, I'm the Lord, the King of the Cocks. And then we've got you, the noble constituent, actually doing all the work. You want to hear a true story? <laughs> I would love to hear a true story. To, to this day, you yeah. are still in my phone, not as Robbie, but you, you are me called king. There you go. That's, that's why I like you to be. You are in my phone as me called king. That, that's paying tribute. And, uh, Dude, isn't that, isn't that annoying, though, when you are looking for somebody's number that you're now better friends with and you still have them saved as, like, dude, I bought ecstasy from that time? <laughs> His company is Robbie. <laughs> I saw still my, comes up. I still have my sister's husband in my phone as his name, my sister's name, boy. <laughs> my, the, like, I, I used to, I'm so dumb, I used to put, I once put someone in my phone. Dude, my girl life. that I've been with for 10 years, yeah. her number in my phone is still blue eyes, big tits. It's <laughs> fucking crazy. Yeah. I had a roommate. That's how I remember. Keep I, the magic alive that yeah. way. <laughs> I had a roommate once that I actually had labeled as roommate. <laughs> I, I, by the way, by, when I end up Joe Biden dementia, I will have so many systems in place. I think I'll, like, I will get by better than he does. I believe it. All right. Anyways, Mike Heiss, it is an honor to have you on. Uh, Jeff, I believe, were you on last year's when we did the barbecue, or is this your first time on Run Your Mouth? Well, first time on, on Run Your Mouth. Fuck yeah. So why don't you introduce yourselves to the, the good folks of the, the Meatcock Party, listen yeah. to Run Your Mouth, that might not be familiar with all the work you do. You know, uh, to make a fat one skinny, I, I, yeah, I'm Jeff Douglas. I, I, uh, I'm the national coordinator for the caucus, um, and I help organize the organizers. And make sure everybody's uh, doing what they need to do in their states to make sure, you know, the Meekawk, uh, uh is uh, 
we're, we are influential in every state party. Very veiny in every state. I like it. Yeah. And then, uh, if you don't know that voice already, of course, we got BK Chris on the show. And you might as well plug the Rochester gig once more because you got a big yeah, gig coming come up this out, weekend. Co-headlining with Zach Amico in Rochester, August 27th. Come on through. Andy Malfarina is going to be there. It's going to be a great show. Uh, yeah. It's at uh, Comedy the Carson. You and uh, you and Dave fucking rocked the shit out of that place. That is a great venue. All right, so Mike Heiss, we've had a legendarily good year. I mean, in the past, when we talked the first time, there was absolutely nothing doing. By the second, I mean, you always sold it. You were very good at being like, I'm going to change the world. And you've actually made your vision come true like no one I've ever seen. In terms of leadership qualities and going, hey, I've got a far-fetched idea in executing... I mean, I hope you write a book. And Dude, he made it okay for libertarians to call shit gay again. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that, it, it went, that should be your legacy. It went, that should be on the book title, The Mike yeah. Heist Story. <laughs> call it went me so well gay. that even my wife sleeps with me more now. Nice. There you go. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good stat. So now, coming into this next year, take a victory lap here. Tell, us, tell everyone who might not be listening, might not know the full story, what you accomplished in this past year. And then give us a little bit of a scoop of what you got planned for next year. Well, this is going back a little bit more than just the past year. But generally speaking, if you're a libertarian or you're liberty oriented, you might realize that the Libertarian Party was kind of an embarrassment, you know, and it was not really doing much and it wasn't representing us and it wasn't involving itself in the culture and all that stuff. So, you know, uh, I spent a couple years in the Libertarian Party expecting a Ron Paul revolution. Uh, found something more akin to a drag show. And, <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, it was like, what the hell's going on here? We need that Ron Paul Revolution energy. Spent about four years uh, getting that, that liberty movement into the party with the express purpose of taking over the party. Uh, and we took over about something like 37, maybe 38 state libertarian parties. And that just culminated this past May at the National Libertarian Convention where uh, the Mises Caucus and all of its endorsed candidates swept every single leadership position for the Libertarian National Committee. So... We took over the Libertarian Party completely. Hell yeah. And then, by the way, that was a really fun event because usually when there's events, I'm the person working the event. That was a rare one where I wasn't. And oh my God, did I get fucked up that night. Like, because usually I don't even like smoke weed when I'm out. And like everyone was just like handing me vape pens. And like I, I went from, oh yeah, like, wow, I can handle my weed. I didn't even realize I can handle my weed to, oh shit, I have to leave this event. There's a lot of good I weed hate that in Vegas. <laughs> Yeah, I had a great time. I was just kind of like roaming, roaming the outside, and then it was uh, real cool because to see the passion and love that everyone has for Ron Paul, and then to see him get up and uh, do everything that Joe Biden can't, which is give a coherent speech. Uh, so it was incredible because they're like they're about the same age. Just I guess. Uh, all the kids the Bidens have fucked, they, it ages them. You know what I mean? It's like they get to be that age and their soul has been teared down. Ron, Ron's actually older. Ron's older? Ron just turned 87 yesterday. Well, he, he was youthful. He was fun. He had good lines. And he's funny, too. Like, he, he keeps it moving. He makes it happen. Absolutely. Are we going to have more Ron Paul events? Because it's cool that you managed to kind of bring him back in a little bit. That's a tough one, man. Yeah. All, everything kind of had to go right for that. Okay. Mm. Yeah. That took all the Mike Heising. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't fly commercial, so that okay. makes it very difficult. Damn. I can understand that. Well, he's 80. Like, I hate flying commercial, and I'm 34. I can't imagine at his age. I mean, just the way things lined up for that to happen, uh, it was amazing how... 
just all the events, just how it led up to be able. You know, it is. It is funny though. Like people were like, "Well, you know Ron Paul," and I'm like, "I don't think he knows me still." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, and I met him. Oh, like, so he is yeah. like Joe. <laughs> <laughs> don't malice him. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So this one's a kind of out there question, but anytime a dude is nice to me in my life that I don't know. I assume they're either gay and they want to fuck me, mm-hmm. or that they're the CIA and they're trying to get at me. Could be both. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I've had paranoid... The, this was the mo- here's the most paranoid CIA moment I've had thus far. I was at the gym, I was hitting the heavy bag, and some guy comes over, he starts giving me like boxing tips, and like he's showing me how to move around, and then he gives me a free pair of boxing gloves, and I was like, these boxing gloves are bugged. <laughs> and I threw them right in the garbage. How paranoid, and like, because I'm just a paranoid Jew... Do you, like, do you, is the, do you think, like, to what extent do you think the CIA is monitoring us or cares about what we're doing? Uh, I've had, I've told one of these stories already earlier tonight, but I've had uh, one FBI encounter and two Secret Service encounters. Ooh, late on me. These both sound interesting. I'll try to keep them both short. Okay. Um, well, one was for a Facebook post. Both, both, or all of these were, well, the, the most recent one was 2016. That's probably actually the funniest one. Um... The 2016 Democratic National Convention was in Philly. Um, so I showed up with a guy, I don't know if he's really active anymore, but a guy that used to run a show, uh, Anthony Antonello from up in Scranton. And uh, I had this idea of like, because, you know, it's a DNC, it's Philly, there's, a, there's more gun control than there is in the rest of the state there, a lot of leftists. So we had this great idea of like, I'm going to walk around with my AK uh, on my back and... Uh, Anthony's going to film it. I'm going to have a sign that says, let's talk about gun rights. And I'm going to have my concealed carry on a clear lanyard mm-hmm. around my chest. So if any, you know, if any cop has anything to say, be like, no, no, look, right here, look, mm-hmm. you know. And, it's uh, like that scene in Die Hard with a Vengeance with the sandwich board in Harlem. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and I walked up to a police captain. I told him what I was going to do. And I was like, is that okay? <laughs> yes, it's okay. And I was like, all right, here we go. And I went in my car and I got my gun. And I made it about a block before it was just... <laughs> you know, oh, really? Like, and, and, yeah. Um, and I guess once the But you the do cop- have school shooter looks. So. Yeah, you were outside an Asian massage parlor. They were getting worried. <laughs> I mean, I'm like five, six. I, they probably thought it was a child. <laughs> like, <laughs> With a beard? <laughs> I was keeping it clean back then, okay, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> so that was one... Uh, I actually have this one on, on video. I have a phone call with myself and an FBI agent on YouTube. They... Um, yeah, this one was the FBI. They came to my house after a Facebook post. Okay. Um, and I had just gotten back from... Uh, what is in- that knock like? Well, I wasn't there. I was looking for a job. I had just got. It was back like in from- Roger Rabbit when they're trying to get him to come out. It's like <laughs> shave and hair. <laughs> yeah, it did have that effect on my family, too. I went through like some personal emergency. Dude, there's been times in my life where I went through like personal emergencies, and I'm like, sibling, you got to help me. And they're like, you're going to have the feds come here. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, the Fed showed up at your family's house. Yeah, it was my dad's house. Yeah. Jeez, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, and and uh, I had just gotten back from interning with Kokesh, so I actually wasn't home. I was out looking for a job. Right. And uh, yeah, they showed up because of a Facebook post. And then what I was, was the post? Yeah. So in Philly at the time, there was um, you got the Federal Reserve Building, and then right across the street is the First Amendment Center. Mm-hmm. Right. And, it's like Geno's um, and Pets. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and. Um, at that point in time, there was like a civil disobedience event going on once a month, every month for a year called Smoke Down Prohibition uh, that our friends from Occupy, uh, N.A. Poe, and Steve Miller Miller, and, and uh, some of these other guys were running. 
And basically at 4.20, I forget what day, but once a month, every month at 4.20, they would get a shitload of people out and just get high on the fucking First Amendment. And And all get cuffed. Well, that that didn't happen until like four months down the road. We we had some good times, and then they then they started bringing out riot gear, and it was crazy. And um, so there was one day where we had an end the Fed rally, and then right after that was one of the smoke down prohibition rallies. So I made a Facebook post promoting that, and I just said, "Yeah, like everyone should come. We're gonna physically be there to end the Fed, and it's gonna be a good time." And invite your friends, and then they showed up. And I I don't know if it was because I said we're physically gonna be there, and then. You know, they're asking me dumb questions of like, you know, have you ever heard of this Zeit or like storm the Fed building? I'm like, no. Was there a tall guy there being like, we have to go into the Fed. We can't just talk about ending the Fed. We got to go into the building. Not that time. Oh. Was there 12 guys calling you a pussy for not getting a bunch of your friends to do it? <laughs> no. Get man. 13 more dudes. Come At on, dude. Point, everyone was just Fed. telling me, don't, you shouldn't have talked to him. You shouldn't have talked to him. I was like, fuck I, that. There wasn't a they guy were, whispering into everyone's ear. There's pussy inside the Fed. <laughs> if you just go in, there's free vaginas. Everybody, everybody knows libertarians don't get pussy. <laughs> uh, and, That's and, why and, that trial might work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. And then the third time <laughs> yeah. was actually uh, in 2012. I went down to the Republican National Convention to support Ron Paul. And um, basically, Miami, or uh, it was Tampa. Tampa was a complete police state for right. that convention. And so you had the convention center, and then there was like an, uh, a mile-wide perimeter around that building uh, where you had to have, not, not a law enforcement badge, but like you had to have clearance to go into that area, even right. if you happened to have a hotel that was in that area. So I, you know, became friends with the dude there named Leslie. Me and him, you know, uh, met some name. chicks. And, you know, we were trying to screw these chicks. So we thought it would be cool to, like, breach the, breach the, uh, the checkpoint and get in there and be like, yeah, aren't we the shit? We deserve some of this. You okay. know, and... and um, the pussy? That's what you guys yes. deserved? So they yes. did use pussy to get you in trouble. Sounds like I a hope not. I never thought about it from that oh, angle. Damn, that dude. is devious, though. They can catch every libertarian in the country. They just get a big box and put so, a box uh, under it for a stick. So what, I walked through is, two checkpoints. What is the CIA threat level? Are they on to us? Or uh, are we in the clear? Are we on the radar? I'm not even 100% sure that we haven't uh, overthrown like a controlled opposition thing but, like that was the LP. Okay, so then <laughs> so, like, that uh, individual, the used car salesman who likes to claim physical assault, whose name should not be mentioned... <laughs> Are we moving on from him? Is he still going to be floating around? Like, oh, I am, but he's going to try to cause trouble. He just so he's like he's just the jackal at this point. It's like he decided I'm going to play the character in the movie of showing up to a place where no one likes me, and I'll just be annoying. Like that's correct. Uh, he's a glutton for punishment. Okay. He's still around. It's interesting to me that someone would be so committed. Is he making money off of pissing everybody off? Does like is there some sort of funding that he's got I just to I, kind of be a thorn in our side? You, so it, 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 this might sound like alien by today's standards, but there okay. was a point in time when we first got started where he was like the most popular chair that the party ever had, and he served three terms, which is six years. Okay. And, and I'm saying that to say that he had formed relationships. Like, the party was almost kind of created in his image over that time. So the donors that we had, he had relationships with, you know. And, and so I think what's happening is he's trying to peel off some of those old establishment donors and then weaponize them or do whatever with their money. Is that working? I mean, does it look like it's working? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I've heard that uh, um, Andrew Yang, who just started his new forward party... It's actually some of the LP people that were supporting the LP and then were upset that you guys took over. Is there any truth to that, to those claims? There were some people who were working with the forward party on like ballot access stuff, but I haven't gotten any backlash. 
No, but I'm saying uh, it was interesting to me the second that came out. I was like, all right, who the fuck is funding this? And I heard that it's uh, that it was disgruntled LP people. I don't know if that if there's any truth to that though. That's nah, why. Yeah, no, nobody who has worked because the people who have worked most primarily with the forward party that I'm aware of is like Larry Sharp in New York. Oh, Larry Sharp's involved with the forward party. He was he was basically having people help each other. So forward people and libertarians were helping each other get on the ballot because they had to get something like sixty thousand or fifty thousand signatures in six weeks. Oh wow! Like the the, the law got in totally insane. Forty five thousand. Forty five thousand in six weeks. Um, and it's it's fucking impossible. So they basically said, we'll take whatever help we can get. Listen, I don't know anything about what these forward people are doing, but uh, I do know. Not much. You know, I was able to speak to Andrew Yang at uh, at Freedom Fest, and he was mentioned in the SPLC article with the Mises Caucus. You know, so as far as I'm concerned, like we're on the same side. Wait, so you think uh, Andrew Yang is an ally? He's far right, so yes. <laughs> How? <laughs> How do you see Andrew? No, it's, Yeager it's being pronounced fried rice. How do you see him us, as being you know, like, far right? That's what the SPLC claimed. Oh well, yeah. I mean that's not helpful. Yeah, I mean he's <laughs> he's, a brother. he's the most socialist of the socialists. Like he's the one guy who said even more free stuff than the rest of what these people are promising you. He made Santa Claus jealous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so. Uh, no, but you actually see him as an ally, and what? Like, no, no, no. There, like I said, there's some people who have worked with the with the hip, with them for like ballot access, reasons, but ooh, but uh, it's a fucking CIA. Everybody duck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're not even connected to the internet right now, oh, so I shit. don't know why that that, that kind of creeped me out. Yeah. All right. Well, and, until right. it happens again. Uh. All right. Now, are the speakers working? As long as we're talking. But, but to answer your question. Oh, did I just? Oh, my bad. Speakers are not working. But to answer your question, That's, no. no the, forward, the forward party is basically what the old LP wanted to be. No identity, no stance, no position, no courage. You know, we're just, you know, what's there, we're not left or right. We're just forward. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, nah. Let's hop back into it. Also, I just I want to throw this out there. Yes. Uh, when this in, in post, you should you're gonna edit this part out of the podcast. Oh, of course not. <laughs> oh, all right. What you should do yes. is cut an intro as to why there are children splashing around in the background. It's, it's not a weird thing. Yeah. Oh no, we were at Epstein's Island. That's oh. where we recorded this from. Yeah. Age of we were somebody, liberating them. Yes, exactly. Drown the children. That that makes for a good QAnon story. The LP comes to the rescue of the yeah. uh, the last the lost children of yeah. Epstein's Island. Can, you think we can get that uh, comic book commissioned? What's his name's got all that comic I could, book money? I can put a text in there. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, all right, so we were talking about Reason Magazine, uh, an ally or a foe? Yeah, I, I think it's mixed. Like I said, I think there's some people over there who, there's definitely some people over there who hate us. Uh, and uh, But there's other people who I think just kind of want to go where the energy is and they want to stay relevant and, and that they're going to give us a fair shake. I'm like new to navigating the personalities over there and I want to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. Unless they give me reason to be like, all right, fuck you. All right. You know? And then on that note, do you have more non-woke slogans that you're working on? Because the, you're going to like this dick and suck it was pretty excellent. <laughs> I don't even know if that was the direct quote, but that's the way I digested it. Uh, no, it was it was every state that we ended up fucking, or every every state that we have fucked ended up loving this dick. 
Oh, there you go. I switched it to my totally brain. Totally true. Yeah, but... And, so, and, and, and you know what? That was that was made out to be a rape thing when in every instance that it happened that that dick was democratically voted in. Yeah, it was consensual. Right, yeah, it was consensual. Completely. Completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was more like when I have sex and like they don't think they want to, like, but then they do it and they're like, oh, that was better than I figured. Yeah, yeah like, I mean, if, yeah. The, if the dick wins by like 80%, it's totally, yeah. yeah. Rob like, gets, he's the only person right. who gets consent after the fact. <laughs> no, you got consent before him, but it's like reluctant consent where it's like, all right, I guess we're already here. Uh, and then it's like, oh, that was better oh, than you I really, expected. You, you really know? put it forth a good effort there, Yeah. Bro. Exactly. Yeah. It's like when I eat at a restaurant, you're like, I don't think this is going to be good. It turns out to be good. That yeah. happens sometimes. Yeah. Holy right. shit, I love democracy now. Sounded, wa- <laughs> sounded way rapier when be, uh, once it came out. Damn. The speakers don't like the rape. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So any other slogans that, uh, that you're working on or you got in the bank? It's, uh, it's actually a storm, everybody. That's the issue. Wow. Any of the homeless. Uh, we got to call some family members, dude. Let's just see the fireworks. You know what the issue might be? It's incredible. Let's try that. Hold on. Um, I think that's the issue. You guys are going to have to share a mic because that one's just, uh, it's working off the phantom power. I don't know why that's fucking it up, but I think it is. Phantom power? Is that like... D- don't worry. <laughs> uh, let's hop back into it. What was the question I just asked? Do I have any slogans? Oh, I'll re-ask the question and then there'll be an edit. All right? See, so, I- hey, Rob, you got to edit this later. Uh, that was the camera. Uh... So, Mike Heiss, I'm not phoning this moment in. <laughs> you got any other slogans you're working on? See, this is why I'm not a stand-up comedian. Yeah. I can't, like, do it on call. It, has, there won't to, it be, has to come organically. Well, don't worry. There won't be any edits, so you'll look good here no well, matter it's, what. It's got to come organically. Like, I, yeah. I really did feel that they love the dick. And, and, and so, like, that's, that's, like, where it came from, you know? And, and so I can't do it on command. That was from the heart. All right, so what 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 do we got planned for stage two? You guys, stage one, you wanted to take over the states. You wanted to get enough delegates over there. You wanted to flip the party. It was a massive undertaking, and you got it done. So what is what are the next steps here to kind of grow the movement, keep it moving forward? Well, so we've always talked about this like three prong strategy that we've done, which is which is orga- party organizing already. <laughs> It's it's how we got to attack, man. Okay. It's it's, it's uh, the party organizing, which is what the takeover was, um, and then you've got uh, issue coalitions, and you've got candidates, very specifically local level candidates like city council, mayor, and school board, where if they win, they could nullify the federal government. And you know the effort to this point has been very much so tilted towards the party organizing stuff because. We had to do the takeover first before we could really scale everything else up because trying to recruit people into a, a political party where it's like, yeah, man, like you should join the party. Just like, you know, ignore everything about the leadership and all of the messaging is 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 a rough sell. Mm-hmm. So we had to, we had to make the party something that we weren't like completely ashamed of. Um, and, and we've done that. The messaging is turned around. The social media is turned around. The membership's going up. The money's going up. All this stuff's going up. So. What's next is to scale up the other two prongs, like the other two efforts in the strategy, which is the issue coalitions and the candidates. So what that's, what's going to happen is, you know, we're starting to get interest from major donors because there's not too many organizations out there who have shown that they have like a nationwide movement of people who are coordinated and mobilized like that. Like, you know, we, we dominated that convention. And um, so... Basically, we're developing our programs with them, and we want to go on a million-dollar campaign to, uh, to recruit, support, and train 100-plus Austrian-oriented libertarians to run for those offices 
uh, and and arm them with uh, nullification legislation. Which offices are we talking about? Local offices? Yeah, specifically. So what's like if you guys give me the top five nullification? Like, what, you, give me the specifics of what exactly we're trying to nullify in local and state laws that would make, like, a tangible difference. Okay, so the, the most common example that everybody is familiar with is, is weed legalization. Okay. So, like, weed is federally illegal, but the problem is is that there is nothing about drug laws that is in Article One, Section 8 of the Constitution. Right. And the Tenth Amendment basically makes it so that anything that is not explicitly stated in Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution is left to the people and the states. And the the people means the towns. So when a town decriminalizes weed, or even a state legalizes weed, what they're essentially doing is telling the feds, fuck you, send the army. Right. Um, And that's what we need to do across the board. Can you you legalize on a town level marijuana? You can decriminalize. And so then, what, the state police, though, could still show up and... The state police could show up and, and yeah, but it puts pressure. The more you do that, especially in major cities across the And the, the more it state. makes it apparent that the government's being, like, forcefully oppressive. Yeah. Okay, so legalization of weed, that's an easy one. What are the other ones on a local level that, like, what, what what's, like, top of the list of things that you can strike that would locally make Smokers. a tangible difference? Let's so go. It could be, uh, <laughs> you can strike them. It just costs, actually. So it's, it's literally anything that's not in Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution. You okay. can You can have, you can basically opt out within your town. Taxes? Now, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, you could. If it's right. not an Article One, Section Eight, it's it's left for the people. So, but what? Are, give me like a couple, just more things so, that are top. So, of the list. drug decriminalization, gun sanctuaries. Right. Uh, you know, the left does immigration sanctuaries, and that's technically part of it. Um, uh, so, wa- banning the warrantless use of surveillance technology. Like, there's that's there's a big a, one. Yeah, uh-huh. there's a lot. Yeah, that's huge. All right, and so so the the next stage is we want to get local people elected that will actively in local areas push forward like the libertarian agenda that we don't think we are going to be able to approve federally like on a quick timetable. Right. And, and I, I generally think that federal level politics are fucked. Okay. So that second, that second level is, Hey, we got to focus local because that's where we can make tangible difference. So what was the third, the third prong? Issue coalitions. All right. What does that mean? So it's, it's the same, it's the same vein of nullification. It's just, Utilizing lobbying and and coalition work with other groups that may not be libertarians to change policy right. on a single issue. All right, so I want to pitch you on a couple of my ideas for um, things that we could do to make a tangible difference. All right, so the first one is I'd like to start a super PAC, which is the Sluts for Rob Bernstein. Um, and, nice. And it's mostly just running commercials for women to drop into my DM. That's all I got so far. Okay. I think what we can do is we can take all the drugs from the evidence lockers, and then maybe we can give it to, like, uh, needy kids around the holidays. Yeah. Yeah, that's what's, not bad. What's important with a campaign like that is you really need a sandwich maker in chief. Yes, not bad. Well, here's why the super sluts work is I'm the king, and if the king's getting laid a lot, it's like the old Playboy thing. They're like, look at this fucking loser and how cool he is. I should join the liberty movement because then maybe I could be not cool and get laid a whole bunch. So yeah. I feel like it would really make it make a dent. It makes it cool to be autist. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. All right, here we could do my thing, but we could also do the guns in the evidence locker, like instead of toys for tots, drugs and gats for rugrats. Oh, Called- but you, you need more autism. <laughs> no, I You're like clearly not. No. Somebody give me an Adderall. <laughs> I like give give poor people guns and let them steal their own toys. Is that libertarian? Oh yeah. If they're poor. I missed it. All right, don't worry about it. Yeah. Here, here was my next suggestion. 
So well, trolls are big now. You know what I mean? Like we that we're, we're kind of in troll culture, culture. They make a big dent. So I'm thinking what we can do to demonstrate how power and money corrupts is that we give me a bunch of power and money, and then we document about how corrupt I become just to showcase that you can't give anyone money. And then, like we can do like footage of me like having dinner with like Hunter Biden. You yeah. know what I mean? Like Epstein's Island, like just all the fucking shit that like these people are doing. But like we'll really get firsthand documentation of the corruption. You could get like a time scale video that's just like focused on that's your face what I'm talking and, like, about. Watch you turn into gold. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, that's what I'm saying. All right, good. I, I'm I'm happy that uh, some of my ideas are being approved. Here's my next one. I think uh, we do have to get to the youth, so like college outreach, and I'm thinking you guys should fund a tour where we go to college campuses with what's just called not gay events. That's it. So it's that's that's actually part of it. Yeah, just we're, we're going to so go to colleges. So we're going to talk orgies. about age of consent, uh, and and. <laughs> No, no. Oh, in a serious note, there yeah. is, there is. That's part of the idea. Is we're going to go on this campaign. We want to raise people or to recruit people to run for these offices. Right. In the service of that goal, if we rate, if we reach our fundraising goals, we want to do eight what we call take human action tour events. Okay. Um, and uh, you know, bring out the stars of the liberty movement to talk about areas of interest to us. Uh, get them trained. You know, and then throw an after party. Maybe you can come and and you know. Do some, do some comedy. Hell yeah, dude. All right, I got a couple more. Here's a good slogan. We won't steal your money. True. It's a great slogan. I feel like that's a good yeah. slogan. We're the one party that won't steal your money. And then ask us how. We're going to save you 30% by not taking taxes. You know, that's what we're trying to it's do. It's a worthwhile conversation because there was some conversation, and I think the LNC, not the delegates, have the authority to do this, but there was some conversation of changing the tagline of the Libertarian Party away from the party of principle to something else. Yeah, that's good. You know, you got the Freedom Party. Like, we got to own freedom. That's yeah. our that's our sale. And that's actually going to bring me to my next point is that they, like, one of the things I like to hear a lot is they go, it's not, freedom only exists once we, and then they start describing something that's not freedom. Like, it was kind of like with COVID. It's like, yeah, everyone wants their personal liberty, but you can't have personal liberty if you're getting other people sick. It's like, they always kind of throw a kicker on it for why they need to insert themselves and tell people how to behave, which then becomes not freedom. I think one of the big things we need to do is go, no, we're the, we're the only real freedom people. Like, everyone else, they yes, because they absolutely. use our language. They try and redefine liberty. They try and redefine freedom. And that's the propaganda is that they know that... They, they know that that's what people want, and they know that that's not what they're giving them, right? And so our job is to go, hey, you can keep more of your money. Hey, we don't want to take your taxes. We don't want to steal from you. We don't want to tell you you can be in your house. We, we want to put you in, in control is a good word. We want to put you in control of your own future. Like I feel like it, it, there's got to be a way to kind of re-educate people. I, I mean, firstly, to the degree by which government's lying, but to really better own the term freedom, because a lot of times they try and they try and co-opt that and pretend that that's what they're doing, and it's always double speak. And I feel like there's a way to insert ourselves to be like, no, we're the only. That's not their pitch. Their pitch is that socialism will work. Their pitch is that they can get you these goods and services while taking your money. Their pitch is that they can redistribute. Their pitch is that regulation can help you out. That's their pitch. Well, right? the pitch is. That you'll have more freedom if they take somebody else's money and give it to you. Yeah, essentially. But then money never that, really gets to you. Or that if you have your freedom, then this following dangerous thing is going to happen. But we need to own it and go, no, 
we're like we're the only ones that are actually offering you freedom. Well, it's absent from the conversation. Yeah, the concept of freedom is completely absent from the conversation. But I so mean, I'm even, saying even we, through the whole COVID. So we got to do a better job of being like this is this is the value that we're bringing to your life is that we're going to put you in more control of your own future and we're actually offering you freedom. No one else is doing that and play less of the game of like of the negatives of like, well, then who's going to do the this and who's going to get them that? And that like, no, we're going to put you in control of your future. We're not going to take your money. Like, we're not going to have the Fed distort it. We're not going to do the inflation thing. Like, just kind of harp on all the fucking consequences of their lies and going, we're the only people that are going to put you in control and give you freedom. And I think people want to hear that, especially yeah. now that like we're on the, the back end of the COVID thing. Like, I, I don't think people really grappled with how not free where we are until that happened. Right. And, and I, so because of that, I think people are now ready to hear, like, no, we want to restore freedom. We want right. to give you freedom. And, and more and more, I think you're seeing people just distrust the entire system. So if we could just get in there and convince them that freedom is the way, I mean, now's the time. We won't steal from you. And then it puts it on the other people to explain why what they're doing isn't theft. All right. That's actually a great idea. Hell yeah. And I just lost my headphones. Any closing remarks from Mike Heiss before we call it the epic conclusion? And then since we're the elites, we get to bring out the kids. <laughs> That's the way this works, right? What other what other perks do I get as the king? Uh, steak during <laughs> famines. There you go. Yeah. That's what I like to hear. Uh, no, seriously. <laughs> any any closing remarks or pitches to the people listening to this to join the LP, support the Meekhawks? What do people do? Well, I'll just give the standard plugs. I mean, we're we're going on a major campaign. The party has never had any kind of long term strategy ever in its entire history, and this is our strategy that we want to do. We want to decentralize. The, the strength of the government down to as close to the individual as possible, and that's going to be through the towns where it happens, where your life is actually impacted the most. So we want to engage the culture on that level at the locality, which is where culture actually organically emerges out from. It emerges up from the family through the community. So when you run in these local races, the culture is what you're dealing with. And if we get enough pockets of that, we're going to change the culture, and liberty is already becoming the counterculture. So be a part of that counterculture with us. Go to TakeHumanAction.com, sign up, and our organizers will be in touch. I love it. And then, Mr. Douglas, before we call it an episode, your mic did go down, so you weren't able to uh, you know, hop in throughout the whole thing. Any other closing remarks or things you, you want the, the Liberty lovers to be aware of? Thanks, everybody, for coming out. God bless and good night. Fuck yeah. Love it. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you for hanging out with us.